The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to today's program. Our special guest today is Paul Kamara. He's up there in Rhode Island from Spring Green Landscaping. And listen, he's been in the industry for over 30 years. He's been on the program before. He is a absolute wealth of knowledge, and he's really fine-tuned his business to work on very, very high-end homes uh, right on the Atlantic Ocean there in Rhode Island. And so today he's going to share with us some things he's learned over decades in this industry. Thanks to today's show sponsor for making it all happen. And that is our friends at Jobber. Jobber is the CRM that I personally use to manage my business. So I keep things all in one place. It makes it simple for me when I have a new customer. I onboard them in Jobber. I get down their name, first name, last name, street address, email address, telephone number. Boom. They're in the system. Then when I send them a quote, I have, you know, I just pull up their their uh, information, send it off to them. And then as we agree upon a project, they can just pay me um, electronically, easy peasy right there. And then I have everything documented. I have that work history. So when I need to go back and be like, oh yeah, what did I charge again for that five pallet saw job for Mrs. Smith last year? Oh, I just go back in and see. And uh, so many benefits of having everything all conveniently in one place. And plus it makes you look professional with your customers because you're not putting some coffee stained paper invoice in their birdie box or mailbox and uh, coming back over to get a check under the mat when they get off work. No, they can just conveniently pay you. It can be sitting on the couch watching the Georgia Bulldogs or whatever's on TV these days. I don't know what's on the popular TV show, but nevertheless, they can pay you while they're doing it conveniently through Jobber. If you guys would like to save 20% off your first six months of Jobber, then just click on the hyperlink in today's show notes or visit getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Again, that's getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Well, without further ado, guys, let's sit back and learn from one of the best. Paul Kamara from Rhode Island is our special guest today. Alrighty, guys. Well, our special guest today is Paul Kamara. And I think is the name of your business Spring Green? Spring Green Landscaping and Masonry, yes. Awesome. Well, welcome back to the show, Paul. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. It's uh, probably one of the nicer days here in Rhode Island we've had in a while. And uh, I'm stuck in the office. So, yeah. <laughs> it's the way things go, right? Yeah, well, that's an important part of the business. So, how's your season going? Actually, it's going really well. Um, we made some pretty decent changes last year, we, and uh, they've 
made some uh, some yeah some good improvements to the business that the things that we implemented and uh, we're happy about it. What did you improve and implement? Um, after uh, thirty years of being on a mower mowing lawns, uh, we retired from the actual mowing services and just stayed in the gardens and the plants and the beds and um, we're working with some um, with a two other, uh, actually three other um, small mowing companies and they've taken on the mowing responsibilities that allows me to spend all my time in the gardens and the beds and that's really where I want to be anyway. So, and it's actually been a, a, a really good thing for us over here. What's been the pros and cons and have these guys that are mowing, I know how meticulous you are with your properties. Have they been doing a good job or has it been frustrating and they, they haven't been doing a good job? How, how is it to let go of mowing for someone with your personality? Well, well, it's been it's been a little bit of a learning curve, but the best one of the one of the best parts of it was one of um, the gentleman that uh, worked for me is actually taking on the lion's share of the mowing. So he already knew how we did work, and um, he he invested in some equipment and uh, started his own little thing. And I've been helping him as much as I possibly could. The other two, um, it, it's been a little bit of learning curve. Um, but it, at this point, after having some meetings and some conversations, it's perfectly perfect right now. So we're doing really good. It was, it was just a matter of getting into the groove. Um, and you got to remember, Paul, I only caught 15 lawns. So it wasn't, you know, um, a large, large amount of uh, properties to have to transition out of. But these are, these are high-end homes? Yes. Yep, they're high-end homes. And I acted as a... Um, as a caretaker kind of on most of them. I, and I don't say caretaker totally where I'm in the house, but for the, for the outside, I, I oversee um, the irrigation and the fertilization and, and the plant health care. So adding on a mowing um, company didn't make it very difficult for the clients. I lost one and it really wasn't a hurt to lose that one. And we didn't lose, we didn't go, we didn't separate under the rest or any hurt feelings was just, you know, it was something that I needed to do. And it was, it was too big of a property just to hand over to anybody. So um, we just parted separate ways on that one. And it worked out pretty well in the end anyway. Now, does the customer pay you for total landscaping maintenance and then you pay the mowing folk or does the customer pay you plus a separate check for the mowing guy? No, I don't, I don't, um, I don't subcontract the work. Um, there's, there's ways that that could probably work out. Um, but for me, I'm, I, I, I'm a high stress kind of a guy. Um, so I don't, I try to minimize my stress levels. I know, I know what my wiring is and I know what would bother me and what wouldn't bother me. So I allow the customer just to pay them directly and I just get paid for the overseeing of, of the work. Um, so, so that if they do end up making mistakes, they're not tied to me in a way so that we can replace them if need be. Okay. That makes they're under my umbrella and I'm the one paying for them that I have to take that responsibility on. And I don't want to take like the lawn fertilization company. They pay, they pay them direct. Um, because I don't want to have that kind of responsibility on, on my end for any kind of mistakes. Because then when you do do subcontract work like that, you take on the responsibility of the work as well. So 
I wasn't ready to do that, and I will never be ready to do that. It's not something I want. But uh, other companies do it, and they seem to do it well. So, okay, just, just I'm. This is this is very fascinating. So after 30 years, you, you you're not mowing. Do you do you miss it, or do you feel like it was the right call for this stage of your life and business? It was absolutely the right call for me. I do kind of miss it, and we used to mow two days a week, and we were working on. I mean, we were mowing you know, beautiful properties with ocean views. And, you know, it was really a relaxing part of the week to just sit on the walker mower and, and put your earbuds in, listen to Paul Jamison and, and go back and forth and make some beautiful stripes. But, um, in my, in, in the stage of the game that I'm in right now, you know, I'm, I'm knocking on 50 years old and, um, I just, there, there are dreams that I want to fulfill, that I've always wanted to do and, and having the mowing um, and not being able see, I, I'm a different kind of character than a lot of the guys out there. I don't want to grow. I don't want to have multiple crews. I don't want to have things like that. So for me to, to go into more of a design or a garden care structure, things have to go. And it's usually, it's the first thing what it was the mowing because the mowing Unfortunately, as we all know, is the least profitable of all the um, the work, the jobs that we do. Um, the most uh, costly because of fuel and you know, walker mowers now are knocking on twenty thousand dollars in that in and around. So it's it's a costly part of of the work that we have to do. And I've done it for thirty years, and it's it's good work to do. And if you can get paid well enough to do it, then then you can. But there's always a little bit more that you can do, and uh, that's where I kind of went. I went that way. I want to be, I want to work with plants. Uh, that's where I get all my enjoyment is working with plants, either pruning them, planting them, designing gardens. And if I'm only going to do this for another 10 or 15 more years, I just want to do what I enjoy doing. That's fantastic, Paul. What's an absolute honor to, to get to have you on the program today. A couple of weeks ago, we had a gentleman from Ohio named Steve Rack. He's been in the industry for 30 years. I know you, you know, you're beyond 30 years now. And so it's just uh, a lot of guys that listen to our program. I mean, they're in year one, two or three, and, and they're just starting it out sure. and, and they don't know these things. You're talking about all these expenses of related to mowing and the, the lack of margins in mowing. And I mean, you and I kind of figured it out. It took me quite a while to, you know, run the numbers and be, you know, lifting my eyebrow a little bit and be like, wait a minute here. Yeah. But uh, what, what's some practical advice you have uh, for those guys that are, you know, maybe in year one, two, three, four, five, just kind of getting started um, in this industry? Well, you know, uh, I don't know if it's advice, but it's definitely, you know, something I see a lot is, um, you know, when, when you're first starting out, you're hungry and you want to pick up some, some work and you're usually trying to be the most affordable and it's, you know, justified. You're trying to get work. So you end up trying to be, uh, uh, be on the lower price point, pick up whatever you can. Um, but the issue with those properties is that, you're kind of married to them in a way. So uh, those lower price point properties end up following you throughout your career. You'll end up having the same customer for 20 years that you priced at a very low price and the neighbors start to want that low price. And, and you think you're doing well because you got route density, but um, that's the thing that I would, 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 would uh, caution against is staying with those customers for too long. Or if not, they don't understand that you have to raise your prices. Pricing increases 
And I know you guys are all harping on that. And I truly believe it's what I've done my whole entire career was rate raises per year. But a lot of people get stuck and you get stuck with those lower priced customers throughout your career. And you think because they're customers that you need to stay with them and they've been loyal and they have been and you should be loyal too, but you really need to make a living and you really need to keep your prices going up as your quality goes up, as your value goes up, as, as your business gets better, your price has to go with it. That's so good, Paul. I want you to elaborate a little bit and put this in the context. I offer one-on-one business coaching. And so guys will call me and they'll be asking me questions about their business. And this continues to happen time and time and time again. We'll get on a call and be like, okay, how, you know, how can I serve you? How can I help you? And they'll just say, Paul, man, you're talking to me. I know our name's both Paul, but they're like, you know, Paul, I I don't know what to charge. Like I, I'm just pulling a number out of thin air. I'm just doing it because Pedro across the street's doing it. Like, I I don't know what to charge. Can you teach me like, what should I be charging and why? How would you go about answering that question? If you got a guy who's literally in his first, you know, maybe first full season and he's on the, he's on a call with me saying, you know, what do I charge and why? How do you kind of structure that to, to a newbie? Well, you have to know how much money you need to make. That's first and foremost. You know, if if you have, if your debt and your income, there's a set number that you need to make, and then there's a set money that you want to make. And um, then you have your debt. You have to know what your debt is, what your monthly bills are going to be, how much it's going to cost you to run your business, your insurance. It's a, it's a it's a constant thing of knowing your numbers, right? Everybody talks about the no. I wish there was a different way of saying knowing your numbers, but it's it's a, it's about knowing how knowing your numbers and how much money you want to make, and then breaking it down to an hourly rate and pricing for that and looking at. And this all comes with experience, Paul. This isn't something that that's why I've always been an advocate of working for another company before you starting your own. I truly believe the guys that work at least for a year or two or something for another good, reputable company, you can learn so much. It's like going to college. Um, but I know that's not realistic. I know it's not for everybody because some people start as part-timers. Some start as um, very young. And a lot of those guys have to build their plane in the air. And it comes down to mistakes and experience and figuring out just how much money they need to make. Um, some people can look into, you know, what's your, um, you know, in your area, what is the you know common price of things? I don't like doing that. That's not my way of doing it, but it's a good base point. I don't like, um, say, you know, like I just said, I don't like calling, you know, Paul's landscaping and asking, you know, finding out what their rate is and going by that. That's terrible because those guys aren't, not everybody's making money and not everybody has the same overhead. Not everybody has the same, um, needs. So it, it, unfortunately it's a trial and everything. There's just no easy answer other than experience for the guys that are doing it at a part-time level. Other than that, you get so much experience just by taking a couple of years and going to work. I know a few guys locally that started their businesses young and um, decided to stop it because they weren't making any money. So it's, it's all about learning, Paul. You know, 
Um, you, that's why you're taking those monthly calls, those those calls for you know to help people out. They need help. I wouldn't mind doing that myself someday. Yeah, totally. Was well, there anything else you want to add? I know you got 30 years of experience. I'm I started in 2011, so I'm you know to, to have opportunity to get to talk to someone like you, Paul, is very humbling and I appreciate you taking the time to share. Is there anything else you'd like to add specifically about pricing, knowing your numbers? We pretty much every guest I have on that's been, you know, 15 or more years in the industry, they all say it. It's, it's, it's every single time you got to know your numbers, but unpacking what, you know, what specifically uh, would you really like to, to reiterate if you could sit down with yourself, you know, and you're in year one, what would you say to that, that Paul, um, to really, you know, what you should be tracking, what you should be keeping an eye on, who you should be hiring. What, what, what do you think is the blueprint to kind of expi- expedite that process of learning, so you're not in year eight and nine, and you know, in some kind of crazy situation with the IRS, or you don't have money for labor, pay your guys, or whatever. I mean, there's all kind of stuff that guys that have been in business for a while. They're they're facing, oh crap, how am I going to make payroll? Don't forget to grab your ticket to attend Equip Expo in Louisville, Kentucky, this October 18th through 21st. Use my name, Paul, and you'll save 50% off. The Equip Exposition is the event of the year for those who work in our line of work. There is no better trade show to test before you invest in new products, innovations, and even ideas for your business. You can talk to the teams behind the most useful machines, products and technology that we use daily and then test drive them for yourself in the nearly 30 acre outdoor demo yard with 25 plus education sessions two nights of free concerts and networking with thousands of pro landscapers this show is the future of your business register at equipexposition.com Ever wish you could monitor your vehicles, drivers, and equipment in live time to improve routes, enhance job site planning, and save your business money? Well, with GPS TrackIt, your wish is our command. When you integrate GPS TrackIt with your company vehicles, you get a 24-7 view of your vehicles, so you operate at crazy levels of efficiency. It's money-saving, peace of mind lawn and landscaping companies deserve. Ever wish every day was Donut Friday? Us too, but we can't help with that. Talk with one of our fleet advisors. No pressure, no hassle. Call 1-844-996-2518 or visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to learn more. GPS Track It. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You're out there in the field, mowing lawns, making money, working hard. But for every dollar you make, you're worried. Worried that you spend too much, worried that you won't make payroll, or worried you'll generate a big financial mistake. Simply put, you don't know your numbers. You're not alone. The Landscaping Bookkeeper has helped dozens of eager lawn care owners organize their numbers, learn the language of business, and build a solid financial foundation. Start your journey from simply earning money to creating a long-lasting source of income today by scheduling a free 15-minute phone call at thelandscapingbookkeeper.com. You can count on Jobber to keep your business organized. Manage your business and back and forth with customers from one place. Estimate, quote, schedule, invoice, get paid, no software experience required. 
Friends, you can save 20% off your first six months at getjobber.com forward slash Paul or click on the link in today's show notes to try out the business management software that I've been using for years, Jobber. I mean, you could, we, we could talk about that for, for three hours. I mean, there's so many things that you, that between setting money aside for taxes, knowing, knowing your, your, you know, the, the labor burden, knowing, you know, hiring all the laws and when it comes to of hiring labor, but knowing how to price a job, how to price a job, you can start off using unit pricing. A lot of people use unit pricing, like with pavement, square foot, fertilization, square foot, putting sod in, square foot. That's unit pricing. But the problem with unit pricing is you need to know how long it's going to take you to do those jobs. And without the experience of knowing how, how can you come up with the price of how long it's going to take you? I mean, I don't know if I'm I'm answering the, the question correctly. There's no golden ticket of how to price a job unless you've been in the business long enough and knowing how long it's going to take you. Uh, I just say to, to, to go back to knowing at least basically your hourly rate um, of how much your, you know, your, your hourly rate is for you and employees and know how long it takes you to do for one hour and then start taking notes of how long things take. Mowing is, is usually, it's not done well on square footage. A lot of companies do it though. They price on square footage, but, um, I, I don't really have the good answer on how much I should charge. That's it's such it's not it's not the, the the right question. I don't think it's more of how can I learn how to price my work because every every market's different. I mean, you just have to, you know. I had a mentor. Okay, so here's here's what, what my thing was. My dad was in business for I was in my father's business for years. I watched my mom doing payroll. I watched. I've heard in the, the arguments, not arguments, but discussions between my mom and dad. We're not making enough money. How can we make more money? I had another gentleman that was a mentor to me. Always told me, make more money, charge more. You're not charging enough. Um, and I knew I wasn't because you're 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 working. It's, it's a hard question to answer. I'm sure that's why you're asking me the question because. Without the experience, Paul, I don't think there's a way of, of just giving them a flat answer. I'm sorry. I don't know if I have an answer for that. Now, when you, and I want to get to estimated taxes in a minute. So if I forget, remind me, but I want to dive deeper into this premium pricing, you know, charging more. What correlation okay. was that from when your mentors are telling you this and you start actually doing it? To, to getting the breakthrough with these super high-end homes? Did the homes come first and then you gave them the price or did the higher prices come first and then you attracted these big ticket item properties? Okay, well, that's, a, that's, a, that's an answer. That's a question I can definitely answer. So when I was working for my father, my father was more, my father's business was all-encompassing, masonry, irrigation, uh, landscape maintenance, landscape construction. We had backhoes, large equipment, but I was designated for the maintenance part of the business. And I, we weren't, a, a, a highly detailed maintenance company. We were more or less like everyone kind of else was. Okay, I don't know. Not, not, you know, we were average. We were what everybody would consider mowing today and maintenance-wise. But there was companies around my area that were phenomenal, either with their design, planting work, or their maintenance. And I watched them, and I mimicked them. The only problem was I was mimicking 
people that were making more money than my father was charging. So my father was saying, you're taking too long to do this work. Why are you taking so long? And I said, well, you know, Franklin's doing it this way or Tony's doing it this way. I want it to look the same. And he would say, we're not charging that kind of money. So I had an inclination back then thinking, and I was in high school, you gotta remember, or just out of high school. And I don't know if you remember, we were almost, we're not the same age, but close. But back then there was like guest jeans and they were really expensive jeans, <laughs> right? Right. And, and I used to think looking at the guest jeans, I said, how do you turn landscaping in, you know, how do you make the correlation between why are guest jeans so much more money? And then, you know, I put on the Levi's jeans and says, wow, these fit better. The, the, the guests just feel better. They look better, all of that. And I said, how do we make the correlation to be more of a guest jeans kind of a landscaping company? And that's when I saw these other companies doing it, right? I saw Tony and Franklin and a few other guys doing this immaculate work. And I'd mimic them and I would do it like them. And like I said, my father would get mad. I'm saying, well, you know, we, we're doing the guest jeans. He says, yeah, but guest jeans cost $75 back then. And, you know, the other kind of jeans would cost 25 And that put a spark in my head, even as, at 18 years old. said, then why can't we charge the $65 and move up? Well, your customers aren't ready for that. They don't want to pay that kind of money. So um, my mentors, which was Tony, one of them, and, and Tom, a couple other guys, they saw that I was really good at the work I could do. And after I left my father's business in 2002 uh, and started my own, uh, 2000, I'm sorry, uh, they put me under their wing because they saw how good I could be and my detailed mind and my detailed ways. And they're the ones that started giving me the work that they had. Wow. They were, so they were like, they're, you know, 30 years older than me. He's 70. He's in his seventies now. And he said, he goes, well, I got, a, I got this one property. I want you to go look at. So, so I go and it was this immaculate, beautiful place on the water. And he goes, give me a price on this job. And I'm thinking to myself, Tony, you're my friend. You know, give me the price. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just tell me how much it's going to be. He goes, no, no, you price it. So I gave him the price. And it was the price of my dad's time. You know what I mean? You know, that was the mindset. You just wanted it so bad that you priced it low. And he's doing what I'm doing now by, you know, trying to help younger people. And I gave him the price and he looks at it. He goes, Let's break this down. So we broke it down, how long it's going to take, how much it's going to be. And he says, you're not going to make any money. He goes, you're going to price this. This is how much you're going to price on this. So we did. And then he started taking me under his wing again. Show me what you're making on your, what you're pricing on your, your job. How much you charge it for this place. What are you doing for that? And he taught me a different way. My father's business was very, um, it was profitable. It was good. But it wasn't it wasn't set up to do the kind of work I wanted to do or the level of work that I wanted to do. And ninety percent of every job you'll see on Instagram, well, I wouldn't say ninety, that's a strong number, but seven, at least seventy percent came from another landscaper because they saw what I could do and they wanted me to do it. So you know, people say, Where, how did you get this work how did you, from either a landscape architect or a landscape contractor who wanted their customer to be extremely happy? And that's how I got them, um, was through my mentors and friendships and 
um, connections that I made through the years. And, um, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, wow, I'm thinking to myself, well, that was, uh, that's pretty cool. Even to myself, uh, you know, it's, it's weird. I've never said that out loud, I don't think, but that, that was, um, that's a, that, that, that's a nice, nice, uh, thought, I guess I just had. Yeah. Well, and it's cool now that you get to sew into these teenagers and 20 somethings that are listening that are, yes. are feeling the emotions. And I remember the sitting at the computer, getting ready to send out the quote. And you said this, that you want to price it low. Cause you just, you just need to get it. You just, oh, I, just, I really want this property. I really want it. And you're just like, ah, you actually go down a little bit on your price. How do you bust right. out of those emotions and those mindsets to put a price where you're uncomfortable to send it? Cause it's higher. Right. I was, I was, sorry. this is, you know, this is hard for younger people to, because it, it sounds maybe a little arrogant or something. And, I, and, and I'm not trying to be, believe me, it's not. But I had, you know, people that would tell me, older people, that even back then I'm saying to them, saying, no, you're wrong. I'm, I'm not going to get these jobs. But they used to say, says, it's, not your, it's not your job to make the job affordable. It's their job to afford it. If this is what they want, then this is how, this is how much it costs. And, you know, you, I was taught that, you know, you have to be in the power position. You have to be so good. And a lot of people don't understand this. They think landscaping is landscaping. We talk so much about the business side of it that we forget the work side of it. There's so much in the work that makes somebody better than the next guy. It's not just clean edges and, and striped mowing. It's actually knowing the plants, being able to have a conversation with your customers to solve their problems. And that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a problem solver. And um, when when I went down that road, it's it's a very difficult road because you got to really acquire a lot of knowledge in, in, in landscaping and, and horticulture. But it's what puts you in the power position. And what I mean by that is they they're afraid to lose you. Then they're not they're not worried. I mean, if you if your customers only um, tie to you as a low price. And they'll they'll swap you out for a five dollar, you know, for five dollar bill. Where if you're in the power position and they're afraid to lose you because you're you, you you're knowledgeable, you're you know um, you're the guy. Then that's that you don't want to take advantage of anybody. Not what I'm saying, but it allows you to have those premium prices, and you know, attract a different clientele. In my opinion, anyway, because it's it's my lived, it's what I've lived. Um, because if not, I would still be, and I'd be in a different different place if I didn't take on that mindset. And you know, you know, getting, you know, walking away from certain customers as better customers show up too. It's something I've had to do my whole career. You know, we had great customers, but they really weren't what I wanted. So when another customer would come in, which was, you know, phenomenal, you know, with all the gardens and the beds and, and, and you know, they're not afraid to water their property. That's the customer I want. So and, how do you uh, communicate, Paul, to the decent customer that you need to let go? How do you go about communicating that? When do you communicate it? What's that process like of, of you know, professionally moving on from a customer? It's a difficult thing to do, um, but what I've done in the past is I have communicated what I wanted in my life, what I wanted with my career, and I've never left them 
without someone else to take care of them. Um, and the people that I can look back on just off the top of my head that I have transitioned out of, they're still with the company that I left them with. So, um, and I can still see them on, uh, I saw, uh, a friend of mine and myself went to a, um, a restaurant the other day, just, to, you know, two friends and we ended up talking to an old customer and having a drink with them and then talking about old times and no hard feelings at all. Um, they understood where I was and they follow me on Instagram and they actually was talking to me and saying, wow, that was the right move you made back then because now you're doing some really nice work. I said, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So, you know, um, it's, it's a hard thing to do, especially with people you like, but it's all in how you do it. If, if, you know, you just get up one morning and say, I'm not going there anymore. And, you know, excuse the language and screw them. No, uh, that's a bad way of doing business. But if you can put another, I mean, I, I was president of my state, um, um, landscape association. I was on the board for many years. I've been my whole life in the industry. So I know who is, is good in, in my area and who isn't. And I know a lot of the, the, the landscape is in, in my general area. So I, I have, I can, I can feel with a sense of confidence in who I can refer and who I can't for another company. I mean, for another client as it was done to me years ago. So that's, that's what I've done. And it's in the same thing when it comes to this mowing, the transition I made last year, um, people were understanding but they, they question why I was doing it. How could, what if you, what if your customers leave you? You know, it's, it's, the, it's the risk I want to make. We, we walked away from so much work years ago just to keep the business small. It's, I'm different. I'm different. I'm not your average guy. And there's going to be a lot of people listening that's rolling their eyes probably at what I'm saying, but it's who I am. Well, guys, I got great news. We're going to have Paul back on the program tomorrow for part two. And tomorrow I'm going to ask Paul why he chose to go with one crew. I think he has three employees, but he just has always wanted to stay where he's at with one crew. There was a time he tried to expand his business and he'll tell us that story tomorrow. And it was a, it was a flop, a disaster, not what he wanted. And he went back to just being one crew super high-end homes, very, very profitable. And he's going to share that story and a lot more on tomorrow's program. So please follow the podcast, uh, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you want to listen to these fresh new episodes, as soon as they come out, uh, follow the show and turn the bell on for notifications. That way, when we drop a uh, fresh new podcast for you, they'll send you a notification on your phone uh, with the title of the episode and things of that nature. And then you can um, tune on in. So I think you will uh, be in for a treat with part two uh, with Paul tomorrow. Now we mentioned knowing your numbers in today's program, and we actually put together an e-training my boy, John Pajak, he's a certified financial coach. He came down to the ATL and we recorded how you pay yourself as the owner of the business. We actually go through how you calculate your man hour rate. So John gives real examples of what you need to consider when uh, looking at all your expenses and then how many hours in a year you actually are work and have billable time. And he comes out with a real life number example of what you should charge per man hour. 
in the, you know, in the example that he uses with the certain amount of equipment, employees and things of that nature. And so you could take that information and then plug and play whatever you have in your business and determine what you need to charge per man hour. It doesn't have to be a guess. There can be real math uh, to land you on a real accurate number of what you need to charge so that you can pay yourself. You can pay your employees the right way. You can purchase the equipment you need to run your business and all the, the regular overhead of your storage and, and all, you know, fuel and all everything that runs, takes to run a business. Me and John go A to Z to break all that down. And uh, I think right now we're at 14 modules. And once you get the e-training program, you have lifetime membership. So if we ever add a future module, which we are planning to add a, a 15th module here soon, you'll have access to all that. So uh, it's a lot to consume. That's why it took us 14 modules, but it will really help you to know your numbers. So we'd encourage you to do that if you need help uh, dialing in what you should be charging and what you should be considering with all the financials of the landscaping lawn care business. That's called How to Know Your Numbers e-training program. Kept it pretty basic on the name there. And uh, that's available at our resource center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com, our new resource center. That's right, Mr. Producer. We've uh, had some major upgrades to our resource center. Um, Just try to do, we we don't like to do anything half butt around here. So try to bring our A game. uh, So you guys have the best tools and resources to get out there and crush it and win in life, in business, and the How to Know Your Numbers e-training program. It will definitely get you on that direction. You can um, get that at the Resource Center at GreenIndustryPodcast.com. Thanks for listening, friends. You don't want to miss part two with Paul tomorrow. We'll hopefully catch you on the next episode. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.